Okay, class, let's get started. Come on, come on, settle down, settle down. All right, it's time for us to get started. Take your seats, everyone. We have a lot to cover, so let's go ahead and get started. Tommy, sit down. Sit, sit, put that away. Okay, first up, economy. Let's talk about the currency of Cambodia. Who can tell me the currency of Cambodia? Yes, exactly, the real, yes, Cambodian real. U.S. dollars are widely accepted, in some cases preferred. You know, oftentimes you might pay for large items like a $40 entrance fee to Angkor Wat with dollars versus small food purchases and souvenirs for real. Mm -hmm. Anybody know what the conversion rate approximations are okay? Yes, yes. A thousand real is approximately 25 U.S. cents or, you know, so a dollar, a U.S. dollar would be 4,000 real. Yes, remember all this. This may come in handy later, so keep this in mind. Okay, let's move on to language. So as we've discussed before, Khmer is the language of Cambodia. You all remember that. Does anyone remember how to say it's expensive in Khmer? Anyone? Anyone? Yes, yes, you, Google Translate. Oh, very good, Google Translate. Very good. So that's exactly how uh, a computer-generated voice might sound. If I were saying this, uh, it might sound like Tlaina, which again, I'm not saying is good Cambodian pronunciation, but if you were to hear me say Tlaina, I would be saying that's expensive. Okay, keep that in mind as well. Now, let's not forget about language completely, but let's go ahead and integrate some other subjects, such as transportation. Does anyone, does anyone here, Melissa, Melissa, okay, does anyone here remember what a motodop is? Motodop. Yes, yes, a motorcycle taxi, a great way to, to describe it. Moto being taught for motorcycle. Yes, you might remember that from a previous lesson. Well, okay, fantastic. We've covered a lot today. We, we talked about the currency of Cambodia being the real. The uh, conversion rate, approximately 1,000 real, is about 25 cents, 25 U.S. cents. Uh, we learned the phrase tlai na, which means it's expensive. And we know a motodop is a motorcycle taxi, common form of transportation in Cambodia. Well, uh, let's move on to poetry. I have a special treat for you today. I'm uh, going to read a poem. <coughs> Motodop, o oh Motodop, my partner and my friend, you'll be my true companion, cause I've got money to spend. Hello, my friend, you need a ride? I hear you shout and holler, and though the price is a thousand real, you'll ask me for a dollar. Oh, Tlaina, I doth protest, but it's very far, you say. So I retort, it's pretty close, and start to walk away. At last we settle on a price, and in the end we smile. I hop on back and we set off, a thrill for every mile. Oh, Motodop, my Motodop, you're with me to the end. My driver and my tour guide, I'll miss you much, my friend. That was a long way to go just to explain some terms in that poem. Oh, well, you do what you got to do. 
I would like to formally call this meeting of the JLUC Club to order. I will waive the reading of the minutes of the previous meeting, but I promise a quick recap of the last episode shortly. Looking for a volunteer for someone to take meeting minutes today? Just uh, reach out, let me know if uh, you're that volunteer. I'm trusting someone out there is taking notes on this. Welcome back to all of you great members of the JLUC Club, presented as always by Honey Roasted T-Shirts. This episode is dedicated to that unnamed Thai man who was taking an extremely long time in the toilet while I and my overcapacity bladder hopped around outside a single-use bus station bathroom. Membership enrollment is currently open for the JLUC Club. If you enjoy this podcast, please tell a friend. If you don't, then tell an enemy, but either way, spread the word. Let them know the JLUC Club is open and accepting new members. Don't forget to check out honeyroastedtshirts.com for pictures and extras. I am still Jay, not to be confused with Motionless Jay, and definitely not to be confused with Emotionless Jay. And as of the last episode, I was still in Cambodia, but had just finished up my volunteer project and was making my way to the beaches for a graceful exit. In this update, I bid a fond farewell to my adopted country of the past four weeks, and I make my way back to Bangkok. So I'll take you now to an internet cafe in Bangkok. Saturday, September 9th, 2000. From Jay Schneider. Subject, where in the world is... Well, folks, here it is, another installment in the continuing adventures of Jay and his ongoing attempt to impress everyone with his ability to make goofing off and delaying re-entry into the real world sound like amazing and important stuff. English version. So I've survived Cambodia, and with a quick check, all limbs are still accounted for, and no symptoms of malaria are present. I think it's safe to say things will be okay, though I hear hepatitis has a three-week incubation period, so we'll have to see about that. My final two days in Cambodia were spent in the seaside town of Sahunukville, which in addition to being a new view of Cambodia, would also be my exit point for my trip back to Thailand. While in no way rivaling those of its neighboring countries, the beaches were pleasant and filled with the locals escaping from the capital for the weekend. In spite of the occasional rain, several storms had passed through, I enjoyed myself at the beach and was able to prove the effectiveness of my sunscreen by later discovering the areas I failed to cover. Don't laugh at the strange pattern on my back. Wandered around some markets, did some reading, and though tempted by the nearby go-kart track, I decided I was content with my time not only in Sahonikville, but Cambodia as well. It was time to move on. My visa, expiring the next day, was in agreement with this. And move on I did, with another memorable border crossing. Though my past trip's tickets always included a seat number, I had never made use of it before, preferring to sit atop the vessel, enjoying the view, the air, the sun. For those of you who have been paying attention to previous updates, you will be happy to know my legs have returned to their natural color. 
This also allowed for easy escape if the need to abandon ship ever arose. That's not to say the cramped quarters of these well-used and well-worn Malaysian-made craft don't inspire confidence to the average passenger. Well, perhaps that is what I'd like to say. At any rate, due to stormy and wet weather conditions, all passengers had to sit below deck. You can imagine how I was the envy of the ship, sitting next to one of the few emergency windows. I contemplated half-unscrewing the release bolts, just in case. A few hours later, I jumped ship, by means of the usual route, not the escape hatch, with other border crossers to make the final leg of my trip to the border. After a quick check-in with the immigration police, I hopped into a small motorboat with a Canadian, two Israelis, a Brit, and two ties for a 40-minute ride through the mangroves. We zipped along, bouncing higher and higher with each wave we hit, and I remembered racing around Catalina Island with my cousin's dinghy when I was younger. Note, I had more confidence in my cousin's skippering ability, and at the time, he was a teenager. My worries about our packs bouncing overboard, okay, my pack at the top of the heap being bounced overboard, were quickly put to rest as the bag settled down, mostly on top of the poor Israelis who thought the front seat would provide a good view. I apologize for their inconvenience, but they were quite happy for the protection my bag gave them from the sea water which splashed in at each bump. Besides, the weight of my pack kept them anchored in as well. When we hit the open waters of the Gulf, we thought perhaps the driver misunderstood us and was going to take us all the way to Bangkok. Then we regained sight of land and we made our way for the shore ahead. We were dumped off at a nondescript, muddy little shore, and there was a little bit of confusion as to where we were. I was convinced that we must be near the border, and finally spotted the flag of Thailand in the distance. Between us and that point, however, was a barbed wire fence. At one end, a gate and a road. At the other, a muddy path leading to a hole in the fence. Not sure which direction to go, I figured guards, fencing, and landmines would generally keep me on the right path. I'd much rather be nicely pointed in the right direction rather than losing a limb to figure out I went the wrong way, and I headed for the road. Someone in a uniform, where did he come from, started yelling, no, no, and pointed toward the hole in the fence. See, I knew something would cue me in the right direction. Walk on board over the ditch, through the fence, past the immigration police shack filled with men totally uninterested in us immigrants. Muddy stretch, gravel field. Ah, at last a proper structure filled with officials and everything, to stamp my passport and officially bid me farewell. As the border guard returned my passport, a tear welled in my eye, and I'm pretty sure, moments after I stepped away from the window, I saw the official discreetly wipe a tear away from his own eyes. No tip from this parting foreigner. Back in Thailand, the infrastructure shock overwhelmed me. Paved roads, cities, lights, surely this is the most advanced and wonderful country on the face of the earth. It's amazing what context and perspective can do to one's perception of things. Had to move fast because I wanted to make Bangkok that night. Minivan to the city of Trat. Bus station. Run to the last bus for the evening. Run off the last bus for the evening. Nature called. Get very upset at the guy who's taking such a long time in the bathroom while I'm jumping around outside. See bus pulling away. Run to the bus. Back on the bus. Thanking the unknown soul who, by taking so much time in the toilet, allowed me to be reunited with my backpack already on the bus. I settled down for the five to six hour bus ride to Bangkok. Many questions raced through my mind as I slowly rode away from the country which had taken me in and shown me so much hospitality during the past month. How had my time in Cambodia affected me as a person? Would I ever make it back there again? Will I be able to use a restroom between here and Bangkok? For answers to these and other questions, be on the lookout for the next installment of The Perpetually Changing Titled Adventures of Jay.
Wow, and I hadn't even left Cambodia yet. Notice the English version comment at the beginning of my email. I'll have more to say on that in a future episode. So while there was certainly a lot more of Cambodia that I surely would have loved to explore, I learned about so many other places to visit, and I was so in love with the country, I definitely considered extending my visa. However, a couple of factors led me to confidently make the decision to leave, and in no way was it because I felt I'd had enough of the country. Number one, I did have to start figuring out how I was going to get myself to Kathmandu in a few weeks. I knew passing through Bangkok would be the best way to go. I do wonder, if I didn't have a commitment, would I have just stayed longer? Number two, had I just spent four weeks traveling through Cambodia, I could have seen so much more. Of course, three of those weeks were at Sreyam Peel at the Peaceful Children's Home. So I opted for the depth of the experience versus the breadth, and I have no regrets on this. It was an incredible experience. Three, between the volunteer camp and Angkor Wat and the many adventures throughout, I really don't know that seeing more places would have topped that. I mean, I'd already fallen in love with Cambodia, I had lifelong memories, so why not declare victory and move on? I guess this is always a balancing act in this kind of journey. I know that I could spend years or a lifetime in a single country and experience so much, but part of this journey is to have new experiences and escape any bubbles which we can easily find ourselves in. It's also trying to get outside my comfort zone and learn to grow. I loved Cambodia, and I could certainly have new and fresh exciting experiences, but the longer I stayed, the more comfortable it would become, and I'd risk coasting. Coasting is not what this journey was about. Though, ironically, I was heading to a coast. Cambodia has some beautiful beaches, but that shouldn't be surprising, as the beaches throughout Southeast Asia, including the Gulf of Thailand, are wonderful. I remember being blown away by the beaches in Vietnam, and I've been to more beaches in Thailand and Malaysia than I can remember. So yes, the beaches Cindy and I visited were beautiful, and because at that time Cambodia was not heavily on the tourist trail, it was far less crowded and developed, and most of the people on the beach were all Cambodian locals just enjoying it. Many of them came up to chat with us or at least give us some smiles, and that definitely made it a wonderful and a special experience. In addition to the sunny beach moments, however, there were also a number of storms. Though we explored the town and markets, the hard rain and heavy wind sent us running for shelter on more than one occasion. So we'd grab a drink or chat with other travelers, read some books, and catch up on postcards. <laughs> Remember postcards? The weather did threaten to delay my departure, since the previous day the boat was canceled due to rough seas. Fortunately, on the last day of my 30-day visa, the weather, though gray and rainy, cleared enough for the boat to leave. It was just a couple nights and a sampling of the town, but it was a concrete reminder that there was more to Cambodia than the peaceful children's home of Sreyam Peel, Angkor Wat, and throwing grenades. And more reasons to know I could easily come back again. Though I mentioned it in my email, I do want to speak once more on why I have to thank that Thai man who took way too long in the toilet. So after my border crossing, as I said, I managed to get a ticket on the last bus to Bangkok that night. Worst case scenario, I would have had to spend the night in a small town and just catch the first bus in the morning. But the fact that I could make it to Bangkok by midnight, you know, that's that was my goal. Catch that last 5 p.m. bus and make it to Bangkok and be back where I wanted to be. So I managed to get a ticket, got on the bus, threw my pack under the bus. I had to go to the bathroom pretty badly. I look out, I see some toilets there. They're kind of like single use, almost like a porta potty. And I, I ran out and get in line. The guy in front of me goes in. And again, I am full, gotta go, but I'm second in line. I'm dancing around. And this guy is just taking forever. 
he's taking a really long time, and it's extremely frustrating me because I really have to go. As I'm hopping around, trying to hold everything in, I look back and I see the bus starting to pull away. So I sprint full on, full bladder and everything, managed to stop the bus, get on the bus, and yes, made it out safely. Now keep in mind, my backpack was already on the bus, so it wasn't a matter of me just missing that bus and having to wait till the next morning. I would have been without my pack as well. At any rate, on that ride, and in the time since then, I've done the math plenty of times. Had that man not taken so long in the bathroom, I absolutely would have been inside the restroom as that bus pulled away and come out to see an empty parking lot. So absolutely, thank you. I credit that unnamed Thai man who took so long in the toilet ahead of me, definitely keeping me united with my backpack and making it to Bangkok by night. At the beginning of the email, I jokingly said I was delaying my re-entry into the real world, and I wanted to address that comment. So about five years after my big trip ended, I found myself back in Southeast Asia for a three-week trip. At that point in my life, I had a full-time job, I'd gotten married, I owned a condo back in the U.S. So the three weeks, though certainly a wonderful adventure, was just a diversion or break from what was my daily norm. It was more of a vacation than the open-ended, uncertain adventure I'd been on before. Yes, there was a sense of freedom and lots of flexibility, but at that time I had a firm deadline, a plane ticket home, and a life already in progress. Aware of this, whenever I would run into long-term backpackers on this trip, we would exchange introductions and plans and notes on where we'd been and where we're going. I always joked, yeah, just a few weeks and then I gotta get back to the real world. One day on a boat in southern Thailand, I was talking with one of these long-termers and made my gotta-get-back-to-the-real-world comment. He looked at me, paused, and had a very serious look on his face. What are you talking about, man? This is the real world. I realized something important in that moment. He was totally 100% right. Remember, wherever you are, whatever you are doing, it's all too easy to get caught up in what's immediately around you and forget there's a bigger world out there. Put some things in perspective. Time to reframe things. Get out of your bubble. Questions, comments, or concerns? Head on over to Honey Roasted T-Shirts and let me know. Would love to hear from you. I'll be answering some of your questions in a future episode. Also, you can check out show notes, pictures, and extras. Are you a member of the JLA Club? Would you like to be? If so, subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Visit the aforementioned honeyroastedt-shirts.com and check out more. As always, a big thanks to Honey Roasted T-Shirts for their support. Honey Roasted T-Shirts, they don't sell T-Shirts, but if they did, you can be sure they'd be Honey Roasted. Next time, I return to Bangkok and consider my options on what to do next. Spoiler alert, it didn't matter which option I chose because when you're on the road and living free, all options are winners. If you listen to this podcast or if you read the emails or visit the blog, 
Or maybe if you just heard me tell that story about the time in Bali when I got into a turf war with a cockroach. Well, you just might be a member of the J-Luck Club. Thank you for staying tuned to Journal Extras. None of this will be on the exam. It's purely optional. Bonus trivia for you. I read raw from my journal. August 25th. Meet Sydney in Phnom Penh for dinner. We eat at a place rumored to have live music on Fridays. It's Friday. They don't have live music. They do have several paint-by-number Angkor Wat paintings for sale, and I noticed a rat running around. But no live music. We split a veggie burger. August 27th. Head to the beach. Take a dip. The waves are a bit livelier here than the beach we're at yesterday. I dive in and am genuinely laughing and playing in the water, truly having a great time. I also discover that sunscreen works based on the now pink parts of my body I failed to cover. There you go. Not, not a victim of confirmation bias with that one. Sometimes you got to prove the negative to validate the positive. Outside on the terrace, very nice. Chatted up, exchanged stories with a British couple. The guy convinces me to put Sri Lanka on my list. Oh, that is so cool. I was just in Sri Lanka five months ago. Oh, so cool. Finally made it. Took 20 years, but made it. Beautiful, beautiful country. August 28th, visa expiration day. Woke up at 6 because Cindy had to catch the bus to Phnom Penh. Stay in bed. Read. Finishing Year Zero. Shower. Repack. Now as I write, I'm waiting for my pancakes. Ooh, yeah. I had some good pancakes at the guest house. Sipping my tea and assuming that in spite of the gray clouds above, the 12 o'clock boat to Koh Kong will run and that I can cross the border into Thailand by the 5 p.m. closing time. Though I've got time to spare and overstaying my visa is, is only a $3 a day fine, I'd rather not be stuck here on a border or in a border town. I'm ready to move on. Thoughts on Cambodia. Of course, this past month has been an unforgettable journey, from the adventure of the border crossing at Poi Pet straight through to my waiting for the, bu- the boat at Koh Kong. It's been great. The truck ride and the people I met provide fond memories and the type of happenings expected and desired out of travel. Angkor Wat and the rest, of course, were incredible. Interesting. What I wrote then is exactly how I feel now, and exactly how I remember it. My time at the center, of course, my main purpose in being here, will always be what keeps me attached to Cambodia after I leave. Were it not for my time there, I, perhaps Cambodia would be just a nice place I visited once and then a fond memory. Well, we'll see what the future holds. I'm curious as to whether my thoughts may change after further travels. Guess what? Spoiler alert, they did not. As for my final blip, it is currently stormy and rainy, making my departure uncertain, and thus my trip isn't uh, isn't over just yet. It ain't over till it's over. 
such true words. Thank you for listening. None of this will be on the exam. <laughs>